Welcome to Talking Dudes, episode 33 of season three. We got all the threes today, so it's good. Three, three, three. Yeah. I don't know we that we have any three. topics that are related to the number three, but it'd be cool we if we did. Another, we need another host. <laughs> Indeed. We're like, oh, guess what? We added a host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not today. Not today. So last time we we ended the show by saying, hey, let's go play chess. And we did. Uh-huh. And I was terrible at it. It's so stressful whenever you're whenever you're timed and I haven't played in so long. Like I don't I'm like, I have to make a move and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yep. But overall, yeah, the, I think the time chess w- would make it a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think initially I agree like time chess, like. I probably did a five minute time game with you because that's like the time control that I play the most. But definitely, I think the best starting point is 10 minute. Yeah. So it's, you know, 10 minutes per side is probably the best. And then work your way to five or three and one. Um, Five minutes goes by really fast. Yeah. Five minutes is fast. Like you really don't, you really have two or three moves that you can really think about in a five minute game. You're like, okay. What do I want to do at this specific moment? But otherwise, you really need to have a plan and you're just like kind of executing that plan again and again and again. Yeah. So, although um, a couple of weeks ago, we just got online and played some games, and one of them was one of them was Othello. Uh huh. And because I, I was at a retreat and in this cabin, they had Othello and I learned how to play it and I really liked it. It's very simple. And since we played as well, I got I got a mobile version of Othello on my phone where I'm playing against an AI. And at nice. first it was really hard. Like, I think I'm winning. I think I'm winning. And then at the last minute, the AI converts all of the colors to their color. Right. And I finally realized the strategy is you have to control the edges because the edges are where you can't get flanked. Gotcha. So do whatever you can to not let them place a piece on the edge and especially the corners because the edges, you can still get flanked right next to it. But on the corner, there's absolutely no way to flank it. Gotcha. But anyway, yeah, I've been playing that a little bit whenever I have a spare moment. And uh, I finally won one against the AI probably after five games. Nice. Well, congrats. Congrats. Yeah. We also played um, Chinese checkers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's an awful game it really is <laughs> it's it's like confusion it's just everything is everywhere crossing paths yeah it's just i think for me just the hardest part is is like understanding like like it's just hard whenever you're playing because we, we were doing because i guess like in a standard chinese checkers board there's six sides right and we were Some, doing like like you get to play two of those sides, but then it's like, you're trying to keep track of, okay, where do I want this color to go? And where do I want this color to go? Yeah. And it gets really difficult really quickly to know like, okay, At is first this it's pretty simple, move? but then they start mixing and you're yeah. like, I don't, re- I would move the color the wrong way sometimes. Yeah. It was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> but I just remember playing that a lot when I was a kid. I think we only use one color at a time. Like, on a one-on-one on one game. But I guess you could get six different players playing. Wow, that'd be a 
wild trying yeah. to play with six people at the same time. I bet that's just like a maddening game. There has to be strategy to it, but I definitely don't understand it. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, you you got your second vaccine shot, right? As well as yep, I sure did. I think we got I think we got them on like almost the same almost the same day. Yeah. I was I was kind of hoping that I would have like really severe symptoms and and like be kind of sick in bed all day <laughs> and just like get taken care of because I don't get sick very often. Oh, uh, okay. And I was just kind of hoping and I and, and sometimes people talk about being sick and their whole body aches and I just have never experienced that. And so I thought, okay, maybe maybe my whole body will ache cuz that's one of the common symptoms, but but no, it was like 4 a.m. I woke up and my shoulders and neck were a little sore and I was like super cold because I had a fever. And then when I woke up in the morning, I had a fever and I slept till like nine, woke up, watched a TV show and then it felt better for the rest of the day. So I was kind of like, oh man, like I, ho- I was hoping to have a good excuse to just watch TV all day, get taken <laughs> care of. <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, my arm just hurt for like, I don't know, like five days or something. It just felt like my arm was like sore, but I never felt like bad, bad, just a lot of soreness and stuff like that. Yeah, my my arm was, it was just, it hurt a little bit to like raise it up, raise my elbow up, but yeah, not much. Just try not to do that then, right? Now, um, my wife, she she was dealing with recovering from oral surgery still whenever she got her second shot. So we don't really know. <laughs> we don't really know how she reacted to it because she was still, still recovering from surgery. So you don't know which set of problems came from the shot and which ones yeah. just came from normal everyday. Uh... Yeah. She just, she already felt awful, like headache and aching all over her body. I think it, it gave her a, a fever. Well, we actually, she didn't take her temperature, so we don't really know, but she was a little cold. Gotcha. Well, I trust she's feeling better by now, though, I hope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I felt really bad, though, because I was taking care of her after the oral surgery. And so what happened was she goes into oral surgery and she's in the room and they don't really explain. They kind of explain the procedure, but they don't talk about anything that's going to happen after she gets out. And so they just tell me, okay, go park on the side of the building and we'll let you know when she's ready. And when I come in to pick her up, she's laying there and she can barely understand anything that's happening because she's still kind of loopy from, from being knocked out. Yeah. And then they're explaining everything to me like, okay, you need to, you need to do this. You need to do this. And at first I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I think I can remember it all. But then they just keep going and keep going and keep going. And I'm like, I I can't remember. I'm like, this is all written down, right? She said, yeah, it's all written down. And then she keeps explaining. And I just don't, I just kind of tune it out. (laughs) And I'm just like concerned about getting, getting the medicine and making sure she's taking the medicine on schedule. And long, long story short, I got the medicine, but I forgot to read the paper after we got home. Uh Oh, and, and then after like a week and she's still feeling bad, I go and read the paper and it says that you should be, be- feeling better by the fourth day. <laughs> it's been a week. It's been like eight days. Oh, 
And also it said you're supposed to go in, go back into the doctor after a week to make sure it's not infected. And I was like, oh, I forgot to make the follow-up appointment. I felt really bad. Seems like they should have made you make a follow-up appointment like before you left. Yeah, I know. And I also tried to get them to call in the prescription before she went into surgery, but they didn't do it until after she got out of surgery. So we, we go to the pharmacy and it's not ready yet. Of course. Yeah. And it, it was like a 15 minute drive away, but still wasn't enough time. Yeah. So yeah, but turns out it wasn't, it was not infected. It was actually just something that happens sometimes where her body was rejecting this like membrane. It's not a, not a huge deal. It was just like to help, help it heal, but they just took it out. Gotcha. Well, that's good then. Yeah. Good and bad. Indeed. So what's what's going on with your job? I see that on the dock. I think I told you this already. I think I did. Did I quit my job? Yeah, you told me. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so I, I, I quit my job and uh I'm just kind of taking a, a mental health break right now. I I'm uh I'm thinking about transitioning to becoming an iOS developer instead of a web developer. And cool. then cool. Yeah, and then also using the time to to fix up the rest of this this house to rent out part of it. Yeah, how how's that going? Yeah, uh really well. I I just have a couple of things left, just a couple little things. And we're going to go on a trip to Yellowstone right after school's out and then I hope to list it uh to get it rented a couple weeks after that. Well, you got your you got your other property rented, right? That Yeah. 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 And that one, that one's managed by a property manager. So I don't do anything and I get, just get a check every month. Nice. But this one, you're going to manage yourself because you live there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could, you could have like an awkward relationship with the people who live with you and be like, man, I don't know who owns this place, but man, that guy, he's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it could just be like, yeah. I don't know. Just don't, don't talk to me. Talk to them. It's uh, it's their. Uh, it's like, go to the property management people. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> could could actually make the relationship easier. <laughs> it might. It might. I'm not in charge know. of anything around here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, have you been altering your your morning routine? Oh yeah. Again? Well, I talked about it like in detail last time. Mm-hmm. And then also said it's kind of also not working out because it takes too long, but I like it, but trying to figure out what I can actually do. Well, I kind of threw it out the window and my morning routine is I wake up and I have coffee and breakfast and then I just try to do something productive right away. Okay. And then after lunch, I go for a run and maybe, maybe do a meditation or yoga, but that's, that's kind of optional. So in the afternoon when I've already done something productive, then I can do something that's like good for my uh, body and mental health. Cause you know, sometimes in the afternoon it's like, ah, well my son's going to just going to get here in a few hours. By the time lunch is over, it's only three hours. So my son's going to get home on the bus. It feels like I can't do anything. <laughs> right. I don't know. What, what, uh, I mean, what about you? Like what are, what, are, what things are you up to? Um, well, uh, I've been doing a lot of, we were trying to figure out whether or not we wanted to buy a house. Um, so that's been like a, 
mm. probably about a six week thing that we've been doing is like looking at, you know, all the houses that come on the market kind of in our price range. And, you know, we've toured, I don't know, a whole bunch of houses, <laughs> um, just trying to find something that we feel like we can get at a reasonable price point, but, you know, not have yeah. to overpay a whole bunch and well ultimately we concluded our search and um we're gonna end up renewing our current lease okay um but yeah i mean it was a it was an interesting experience you know just like you know it's just so tough right because like if you go to a house and you are literally spending your life savings you know on said house you really want that house to be awesome (laughs) um yeah and it's really tough whenever you get there and you're like okay this house is at the tip top of our budget and i feel like this house needs another fifty thousand dollars worth of work Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of heartbreaking because you're like yeah i mean i just like i think this house is awesome it could be like really really awesome but it makes no sense financially to buy this house and especially, you know, the Austin housing market in particular is really, really bad thanks to Elon Musk and um, driving, you know, tons of people to Texas. Um, you know, people are moving out of places like L.A. and New York City, and they are moving to Texas um, because of, you know, better economy, lower taxes, like people are, are kind of coming to Austin in droves. And SpaceX or Tesla? Um, well, so SpaceX is the, well, it's technically both. So he's building a gigafactory in um, Pflugerville, basically. That's the battery factory? No, I think they're going to make cars, I believe. I oh. believe they're actually going to be making cars there. I could be wrong. Um, and then uh, he has, so up near Waco... Uh, was already like a launch site for SpaceX. And basically they're expanding that further into, I can't remember what the other town is called. There's another town uh, somewhat near Austin. They were launching rockets from Waco or just like testing? I don't know for sure. I thought it was launching, but maybe it's just testing. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be interested to know. I don't know as much about SpaceX as I would like to know. I always thought they were using um, NASA's launch pads. They they definitely have some kind of interesting relationship with Waco because I've been to like a little like museum that's uh, there on the Baylor campus and they have like SpaceX memorabilia like in the museum. Um, so there's some sort of relationship with the city. I don't know too okay. terrible much about it, but um, so yeah, like like I said, just people. There's just you know every house that comes on the market right now is going for like. 20 to 30 percent over asking price you know it can be a a rundown house that's had nothing done to it since the 80s and they're like yep it's worth 30 percent over asking and if you don't offer that you're just not gonna get it (laughs) it's just like what is wrong with people I, i looked at a house this weekend that was on the market for i don't know i think it was on the market for 350 it was known that this house had um, partially burned down. It had an active termite problem. <laughs> it had like no 
um, no mirrors like in any of the bathrooms. And if you've yeah. never been in a bathroom with no mirror, it's bizarre. Like, I have. It's yeah, just I've, weird. I've, I've taken a mirror out of a bathroom. Yeah. And it, it, it's just strange. And yeah, I mean, the house had been on the market for less than 24 hours and they already had 15 offers on it. And I'm like, do, do you people understand like what is going on with this house? Like it's, it's not good. Like, like in our real estate agent was like, honestly, a lot of insurance companies are going to say, no, we will not insure this house at all. <laughs> and it's just like, but people think it's, you know, it's that great that they're willing to just be like, Oh, it's a house. I have to it's have it. House. I have to have that house. <laughs> and so, you know, that's just kind of what we were up against. And we just decided, you know what? I'm cool with renting. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to just pay like way over what I think a house is actually worth, you know, in yeah. a year's time or whatever, that's, when this chills good. out. Like, I think, it's it's got to be pretty uncommon for people to conclude their house search by not buying a house. Yeah. Because the bank is going to approve you for a loan for maybe way more than you can afford. And the real oh, estate for sure. is motivated to find you something. And yeah. yeah and, and also like our culture is just biased towards owning. Yep. Yeah. Whenever I like, you know, I think I, I just look at the situation and like what the way kind of the mental logic that I have with it is, is like, listen, I am saving a ton of money every single month to potentially put towards a house in the future. And it's like, if I just wait longer, that just means I put down more money on the house and I'm in debt for less time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I I don't see how this is a bad strategy. To me, this seems like a very good strategy. (laughs) Yeah. If you can, if you can get a 15 year mortgage, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, my plan is, is still to do a 30 year mortgage, but just pay it off in like seven or eight years. Cause you, if you run the numbers, you can usually just come out ahead over a 15 year. Um, cause you can, you can pay off more principal on a month to month basis, typically Mm. that way. So we, we got a 15 year on our first house, but then we ended up refinancing to a 30 year. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like it, it doesn't matter because we ended up selling it. Yeah. Well, that too. I was like, I was like, if you're going to pay it off, it doesn't really matter that much. Like what, which, which direction you go. I mean, you can typically get a little bit lower interest rate with a 15 than you can a 30, but yeah. Um, I don't know if you're, if you're going to pay it off in less than 10 years anyways, then Yeah. And we rented it for a year, so someone else helped us pay pay down some of the mortgage. Yeah, yeah, that is a that is in a very difficult real estate market. I mean, when we bought our last house, no one wanted this house. Yeah, uh, we 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 were actually touring at the same time as another couple, and they were out of there in a minute or two. <laughs> but but there's not fire problems or flooding problems or termites or foundation or roof or anything like that. It just didn't look great. And the carpet smelled yeah. like cat pee. Like that's what you want. Like the, the big things are good and it smells like cat pee and has bad colors on the wall or something like that. Yep. You can tear up flooring. You can paint a wall. That's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just didn't realize how much drywall and plumbing and tiling and electricity we were going to end up doing. Yeah. 
I feel like that's just like normal. Like I've, I've heard people talk about that. Like however much you think your home improvement stuff is going to cost, you can add like 20 to 30% onto it typically. <laughs> and you might be close. <laughs> so yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. I think it, I think it cost us like at least twice as much as we, what we thought. Oh, ouch. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's worth so much more than what we paid. Yeah. You you think you think you're you're positive like on the changes yeah. you've made have increased the value more than what you spent on it. Well, it's not just our changes that increased the value, the market has just gone up. Yeah. Well, that's true too. <laughs> Housing market has gone insane for sure. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's cool. I'm glad. I'm congratulations on renewing your lease. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things whenever like we we started the process, we were we were both like of the opinion where we were like, hey, you know, this is great. We're gonna try it. If it doesn't work out, it's cool. Like it's cool. Like no no problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All good. Well, what uh, what follow up do you have on Rome research? Yeah, I don't know if you remember what that is, but it was this note taking tool that I was oh trying. yeah yeah uh-huh. and I was like really excited about it and uh, like I said I was just in the honeymoon phase so I didn't know if I was gonna stick with it. My wife is still using it; we're still paying for it, but I actually ended up moving over to Obsidian which is the other big competitor in this, in this space. And I, I'm not like absolutely in love with either one now, but I'm using obsidian instead. Cause it's, it's free. It has, it uses just plain text files that are stored on your computer instead of some weird proprietary format. And it does all the same linking stuff and they have a mobile app. Nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm liking that like as my as my note taking app that I'm I'm probably going to stick with it for a while, you know. I used Evernote for a long time. And Evernote has some of these linking I I remember doing some linking in Evernote. Like okay, link to this other note, but maintaining all those links is kind of a job. If I didn't have very many. Right. But if you tried to have a lot, it would be a kind of a job. And once you click on one link, you had no way of getting back to wherever it came from. So that's, that's the nice thing about Obsidian and Rome research is when you link to something and you go to that thing, you can see everything that links to it. Gotcha. I still don't have like an amazing story of like, Hey, this one time I, I made this amazing connection between ideas because of this, but you know, that's, that's like the hope. Right. Well, fair enough. Uh, you can keep us updated on when that happens. Yes. Well, I was wondering what have you been consuming lately? Like watching, listening to, reading, or like playing? Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, TV shows. Been watching Bones. We're on oh. the la- like, we've been like very slowly progressing through Bones. We're in the last season now, I think. Um, and <laughs> we're continuing to like very, very slowly progress through elementary, which is also really good in the last season of that too. I don't know that one. 
we like to watch uh, Flea Market Flip. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. It's a cool little, like, I think it's like HGTV maybe. Yeah, yeah. Those are the kind of shows I'd never watch. See, I like those. I, I like it like HGTV. I love that stuff. You just live HGTV. I just watch it. Um, <laughs> and then... Those are the kind of shows I always see in, like, waiting rooms or other people's houses or... I might watch it when I'm in a hotel room. No, actually, I, I never turn I never turn on them in the TV in hotel rooms anymore. But when I was a kid, I did. Right, right. Um, and then we just finished. I'm so sad that they only made one season of it because it's such a good show. But Firefly, on, uh, it's called Dog Impossible. Dog Impossible. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a dog training show. Um, and it's like this guy who basically takes like the most like aggressive like bad behaving dogs and he's just like all right like give me the most challenging dogs you can find and mm. i'm going to train them to be good so it's dogs. like mission impossible dog edition more or less yeah <laughs> so it's really cool though because so his story is like he is like a former drug addict and basically, like, whenever he came out of rehab, his buddy, like, gave him a place to crash for a while. And his buddy's dog was just, like, the grumpiest, meanest, you know, just nastiest dog around. And so he didn't really have much, you know, sense of purpose in his life. And so he just decided, like, you know what? I am going to teach this dog how to behave, like, how to actually be you know, a normal dog. And he succeeded with that dog. And he said, like, then it just kind of like developed into, you know, his friends, dogs, and then like friends of friends, dogs. And like, it just kind of like grew and grew and grew. And so he has a business called the Zen dog. And like, that's like his whole thing is like, he's trying to teach dogs. Cause like essentially where a lot of aggression comes from with dogs is um, like they get, either like fearful or anxious. It's usually one of those two things. Mm. And he's just trying like really to teach the dog, like how can the dog learn to calm itself down? Like, like not uh, the person interacting self, and calming it down. Self-soothing. Yeah. Self-soothing. Right. And so it's so funny because like, like the, one of the very first things that he addresses with people is he's like, let me guess your dog sleeps in the bed with you. And in almost every case, the dog does sleep in the bed with him. And he's uh, like, that's the first thing you have to change. The dog does not go in the bed with you. End of story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's harder for the people than it is the dogs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's a super interesting show. Just like from a, you know, like, just, just like the weight. Like I was more interested in him and like his methods than I was the dogs themselves. I was mm -hmm. like, man, this guy is just so interesting. So yeah, there's only like six episodes of it, but they're so good. Is it canceled? <laughs> yeah, I got, I'm pretty sure it's canceled. It was on um, National Geographic. So, you know, it wasn't like there was going to be a ton of them anyways, regardless. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's canceled. I uh, I saw some ill-trained dogs the other day i was driving down the road and some dogs just two dogs ran across the road and i, mm. I did a u-turn to watch 
and they were just running down the road. And I, I, I chased them down in my car and I, I got in front of them and I was about to get out and like try to catch one of them or something to, to, to see if I get a phone number off of its collar. Right. But it, as soon as I got out, they, they turned and they went towards a house and this, the owner came out and, and she was like, did you bring my dogs home? <laughs> <laughs> because one of them has a GPS collar and she just got a notification saying, your dog's home from its walk. Whoa. <laughs> she didn't know it was gone. How funny. And she showed me the she showed me the route that they went on. It was like a mile out and back. Just so you just ran. like made friends. You were like, "Hey, yeah, well, that's cool." She knew when she got the dog that it was a runner. And I was oh, like, okay. "Oh, do you go running with it?" And she's like, Psh, "No." <laughs> oh man! Well. Hopefully the dogs know to stay away from cars and out of the street. No, but, you know they're not aware of cars existing oh. as they're running down the road. Yikes! That's a problem. Then definitely yeah. a problem. I almost hit one of them when I was trying to 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 get in front of them. Yeah. Mm. What else are you watching? Uh, I think that's it. I don't okay. Think there's anything else? It's like a regular. I've watched like a handful of episodes of that. Uh, there's an Amazon show called Hannah, but I don't, I just, I don't know. It hasn't really like grabbed me and made me like super interested in it. So yeah, I may just give up on that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in a place where I've, I finished all the available episodes of the shows that I really like. Right. So I'm watching, I'm watching a lot of stuff on Apple TV plus. Oh, okay. I, I finished the shows that I really liked, like um, the morning show, for all mankind, Ted Lasso, Servant, and C. I kind of liked C S S E E, which okay. is which is about um, a world in the future where all of humans are blind. Oh, and uh, it's starring the guy from Aquaman. Oh, Jason Momoa. Yeah, so everyone's blind, and then there's like a handful of people that can actually see, but they're, they're kind of viewed as heretics because they, they, they claim that they can, you know, like they have this extra sense. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's really interesting. And there's a lot of fight scenes and it's really interesting to see them fight without um, seeing anything and just kind of the, the culture they built up around like, how do you communicate in, in writing or like a, like a permanent form that you can pass along. Right. Huh. Well, cool. Yeah. So I finished a lot of the shows I like on Apple TV plus, and now I'm just checking out a bunch of other ones and nothing's really sticking. And I'm just watching a few episodes here and there, but central park is pretty cool. It's kind of like Bob's burgers, but in central park instead of in a hamburger restaurant. Okay. Nice. I also really like the show on Netflix called shadow and bone. And it's based on it's based on a young adult uh, kind of dystopian novel. Oh yeah, I think I've seen the previews for that. Uh huh. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I that's what Rebecca binge watched when she was after her oral surgery, and I I watched most of it with her. Gotcha. And then on <clears throat> on Amazon, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I just watched the latest season, season four. It's really good. Nice. It's about 
I don't know if you know, it's about a, a female comedian. comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just, I'm, I'm in the middle of watching the latest episode of the hands, Hand, handmaid's tale, which is coming out right now. Oh yeah. No, I, I could not do handmaid's the tale. fourth season. Yeah. Uh, it's the fourth season was really tough at the beginning, Oof. but, but I love it. It's so good. Um, have you been playing any video games? Pretty much always Age of Empires 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a, a couple of mobile games. I'm just a, I'm just a casual gamer, I guess. Filthy came casual. Out, yeah. <laughs> it came out with this uh, new version of Oregon Trail. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay. And it's really cool. Like, I, I like playing it on the big iPad. And the visuals are just stunning, really. They, they they're just they're just beautiful, but they're kind of slightly pixelated, so it's kind of reminiscent of the original game. But it has a lot more nuance and a lot more. You don't just die of dysentery all the time. You do, but <laughs> but usually there's a reason for it. You have you have all sorts of like health bar, different indicators like your health. And mm-hmm. different things like that. And you can do things to help increase your health before it gets too low. But if it gets too low, then you're very likely to get dysentery or, and then there's, there's, there's medicine and there's all sorts of things you can do to fix it. And when you, when you administer medicine or try to re- fix a broken leg or something, you have to choose which person is going to do it. And each person has like different skills in different areas, like different first aid amount amount of first aid skill or different amount of foraging skill. If you're going to go and pick some wild berries. Gotcha. So if you're not very good at foraging and go pick, pick wild berries, you might get sick. Whereas if you're more skilled, you might just say like, Oh yeah, these aren't edible. I mean, it doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Cause isn't dysentery only a water and born disease? Like in They're- real life, I think you only get it from drinking contaminated yeah. water basically probably there's more diseases than dysentery in Oregon. Trail. okay gotcha <laughs> dysentery is just the the common one you see in all the pictures i was like i'm pretty sure the way you avoid getting dysentery is, is you just boil water that's it you boil your water you're probably fine <laughs> like it's not that hard <laughs> yeah but yeah also at the very beginning they said they they consulted with native americans about how to approach it in a, in a better way and like for the first time you can you have native americans that are playable characters and uh i haven't really gotten to that part where there's playable native american characters but and is it just called the oregon trail or is it called something else yeah it's just called oregon trail huh nice yeah i play i do play lots of chess still as well I play a lot of chess. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I I like the idea of time chess, but I just can't get into it. Yeah. I mean, some of it certainly was like, whenever you watch somebody who's like really, really good at chess, like a grandmaster, like they just see things that you can't see. Like, it's just unreal where they're like, Oh, like three moves out. They're like, oh, I can't move there because then this sequence will happen. And that's bad. But I can do this to prevent that other thing from happening. It's just wild. Like what somebody who's really, really good at chess can do is crazy. Wow. 
And uh, I, there's this guy that I know who I play chess with sometimes, and he's he's a lot better than me. And he's like, one of the things that's so funny about chess is that sometimes people associate like chess with intelligence, but he's like, it's really not that. Like, you can be good at chess and really not be all that smart. Like, <laughs> it's just you're good at chess. Like, it's 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 kind of its own thing. Like, it's yeah. it's a strategy game, like at its core, and it's just how good are you at strategy? So, yeah, I think and memorization that too. There's a lot of things like that where it's like, oh, you're a computer programmer. You must be so smart. No, I just worked at it and I, I got training. I don't think that's fair. I think you are very smart. And I do think computer programmers in general tend to be smarter than the average person. Maybe, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you are. Like, no, I agree. I agree. It's not necessarily a one-to-one correlation, but I think, I think being a computer programmer is, is like its own skill set. Like, cause I mean, I, I, man, like I can do just like the most basic computer programming stuff, but when it gets into anything more than just like the basics that's whenever i start getting just confused (laughs) yeah so (laughs) yeah i've been i've been going through a book for for book bites where you program it's teaching how to program games for a fantasy console so it's not a real video game console but it's basically like a an original nintendo you have this tiny screen that's like a few hundred pixels across and a few hundred pixels high. And you have to create sprites, which are the things that kind of can move across the screen and you can like create your own music in there. Nice. It's, it's difficult to follow, especially since like, even when you're writing code, the code is still in the tiny, this tiny little screen. That's only so many pixels. And so it's like hard to tell the difference between an M and an N and it doesn't even have capital letters. (laughs) (laughs) oh that sounds rough that sounds rough yeah it's rough but it's fun (laughs) but i'm not gonna make my own games i'm just i'm just gonna do the examples they have in the book like remake pong or something like that actually pong pong was the first example no i mean yeah makes sense it should be about as simple as it comes like it's except it's one player pong oh it's just you so there's like a goal that you're trying to hit basically yeah, I forgot how the scoring works, but you lose a life if the, if the pong if pong gets past your paddle. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. And then, uh, I think I also told you that like sometimes I play uh, Rocket League as well, which is really cool. If you've never heard of it, um, yeah. so Rocket League is essentially car soccer, but the cars can do like cool aerial tricks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So like you have boost and so there's like strategy and like, you know, like how much boost do I want to use to try to hit the ball like in the air versus like hit it on the ground and like, you know, try to hit it over somebody or yeah, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of nuance to that game. Um, but I I've played it. I cannot. My first challenge is even getting my car to the ball. 
Yeah. Second challenge is hitting it in the right direction. That's that's I can sometimes hit the ball, but never in the right direction. Yeah, it's like it's chaos. It's chaotic. It is surprisingly difficult for somebody to pick up the game and like actually be good at it. Like, <laughs> like, like even even to the point of like just like exactly what you're saying, like hitting the ball in the right direction. It really is. It's difficult. Like, especially if you're not good with like dual analog controllers and yeah it's it's a tricky game to learn i was only using one controller one one stick yeah what's the other stick for so you have one stick that like controls the direction of the car yeah right yeah and then you have another stick that's controlling the way the camera is moving oh right yeah i don't think i had a problem with the camera ever facing i think it's pretty good at just following you uh, well, there's two different camera modes. There's one where you're like constantly looking at the ball and there's one where you have complete control over the camera, like where it is. Oh yeah. That was my other problem with it. It was always, the camera's always facing the ball, which messes up which way I'm steering. Yeah. So you, you can kind of switch back and forth between the two. Um, and that'll, that helps a lot too. Cause like <laughs> I, I thought I was steering to the left, but all of a sudden the camera changes and I'm steering like a different way to or the something. right yeah i don't yeah, know yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's one of those games where like you need a little guidance to get started for sure like yeah if the ball is behind you i can't steer correctly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah makes sense makes sense but yeah it's really it's really i'm terrible at it but if i'm gonna play something on the xbox that would be one of the ones i would play yeah, I mean it's it's a really fun concept because I mean really what I wanted was a Switch so we could play just Mario games, Mario Kart and that kind of stuff. So this is like the closest we have to something that's just kind of chaotic and fun. Right. Makes sense. So what do you know about Yellowstone? Like the national park? Yeah. Not a whole lot. I know it's a big national park i know old faithful's there which is a geyser i know that's where yogi bear lives oh is that Um, where yogi lives yeah that's where yogi bear lives he lives in yellowstone ah that makes sense uh oh roughly the extent of my knowledge okay he lives at jellystone park oh jellystone definitely (laughs) not yellowstone oh okay definitely not definitely not Yeah, so I think my knowledge of Yellowstone is about the same as yours. But I'm going there in a couple weeks. Okay. I assume you'll come back with more knowledge than what you have now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I should probably have more knowledge before I go, but I I don't. (laughs) Well, that's okay. I do know they have have an app for for the park, and it lets you download everything offline because cell phone service is terrible there makes sense but if you've got to download it offline and you have battery power then you can use gps just fine as long as you have the map data already nice so that way you can still navigate to like a trail if you want to see a trail or whatever Yeah. yeah and then all the other you know just informational stuff so you don't have to go to a website or something nice so yeah uh that's what i'm doing pretty much this week it's just like packing and trying to remember if i forgot to pack something right yeah i'm actually about to head out to uh tampa and orlando myself the end of the this week 
So, oh, is this your that. first time traveling? Yep, first time traveling po- post COVID. Yeah, what is it like in in Austin right now post post COVID? Um, are people is there still a mask mandate in Austin, or are people not wearing masks or not? There is not a mask mandate, and it's still I'd say it's like roughly like eighty twenty split, like. 80% of people are still wearing masks, probably. Yeah. Um, a lot of businesses have signs, you know, that basically say, you know, please wear a mask if you're not fully vaccinated. But if you are, feel free to not wear one. Interesting. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it it doesn't necessarily feel that different. I'm definitely like looking forward to the day when, you know, where my office is like, oh yeah, don't worry about wearing a mask anymore, you know, because I am fully vaccinated. So I'm like, I, I, there's no point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with all that. But, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little, little different here. I haven't seen any stores that have signs like that anymore about whether or not you're vaccinated. Like Lowe's and Home Depot don't have any signs about masks at all. And then mm-hmm. the customers are about 50-50 wearing masks, I would say. But most of the employees still do. They they may be required to. I'm not sure. But yeah, everywhere I go, usually employees are wearing masks. And, and then other people, it's 50-50. Nice. And then for schools, they're just not going to wear masks for the last week of school this year. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know why. Like Because the kids clearly aren't vaccinated. And it's like right. just a week. But I guess it's like a hooray kind of thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That seems unusual to me, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what they did in Texas was was they passed a law that said after June 4th, there can be no laws enforcing mask wearing um, on any government property. So that applies to schools, universities, everything in texas sorry about that um so uh yeah i mean so basically that's enough time for all of the texas like elementary you know through 12 schools to be out um and then you know university students are were already eligible for vaccines anyways so should be kind of a non shouldn't make any sort of difference whatsoever you know you would think Because my opinion is, at least here in Texas, is the people who wanted vaccines have already gotten their vaccines. Yeah. And the people who haven't gotten vaccines probably have no intention of getting a vaccine. So I'm like, why bother making anybody wear a mask at this point? Because, yeah, the people who wanted to be protected are protected. The people who don't care. Yeah. They still don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my thought too. Is as long as the hospitals aren't going to get overwhelmed or anything, which I don't, I don't think they will at this point, since so many right. people have the vaccine. So, did you have any other thoughts on on what's going on in the world with that stuff? I'm going to get a haircut finally. Heck yes, dude. Yeah, not. Are you going to get like a crazy haircut of some sort or no? No, I'm just going to get a trim. Okay, just a little okay. trim. So. Since it's a podcast, uh, my hair is like past my shoulders a little bit in the back, at least not in the, not in the front yet in the front. It's like 
just just past my chin. And I'm I'm really liking the long hair for now. And so I'm just going to get a little trim so it actually looks like I did this on purpose. And and then see how I like it from there. Okay. Cool, cool. Every time someone asks Rebecca what she what she thinks of my hair, she's like, "You know, I didn't think I would like it at first, but it's growing on me." Well, hopefully it's not growing on her. It's only growing on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're still Ooh. trying to figure out like when we can do a trip. Like we want to do a, we want to do an anniversary trip. So we'll yeah. pro- probably do a trip in August. Nice. Well, so are you driving to Yellowstone then? Yeah, yeah. We're renting a motorhome. Oh dang! Yeah. Have you ever driven anything that big before? Mm, uh, well, I think I've driven a a moving van, which is actually bigger. Okay. A moving truck. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, I was worried about it at first, but you know, I'm I'm looking at the pictures of it. It's not that big, really. It's a small motorhome. Okay. It's a it small. sleeps. It has three beds and it sleeps six. Not comfortably, okay. probably, but it sleeps six. Is it just your family or anyone else? Yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, two families. Okay my relatives who are here in Utah. Gotcha. And uh they have their they have a pop-up trailer. But are you pulling the pop-up trailer behind? The no, motor they home? they're going separately. We have, we oh. have two different spots. They already planned gotcha. on taking the pop-up. Technically they could have fit in this with us, but it's just going to give us some nice separation between the two families. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Well, cool. I'm excited for you. That'll be that'll be fun. How, how long before you're leaving? Are you like a week or two out? Or yeah, we're we're leaving the day after school gets out. We're leaving. I'm getting the. I'm packing up on Friday. We're leaving on uh-huh. Saturday, and we won't okay. be back for nine days after that. Nine days. That's a long trip. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we're gonna be fully in Yellowstone for like seven days because two days of travel. Okay. Gotcha. Excellent. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna be on for like six days, I guess, five or six days, something like that. So I'm looking forward to that because I haven't. I mean, the last time I took a vacation was mid 2019. It was the last time I took a vacation. Uh, so yeah, I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. You know, it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's time to not be at work for a while. Like, so yeah. That'll be nice. Yeah, I realized in 2020 I didn't take enough vacation and I kind of burnt out. Yeah. It was one of those things where, you know, like I was at my current job, you know, back then. And it was like I had very little PTO and I didn't know if I was going to switch jobs or not. And I felt weird about taking PTO because like I don't know how this is all going to play out. And so, you know, eventually, like, you know, I cashed it all out you know, at the end, but I was like, man, I think I would have rather just had the time off instead of the check. <laughs> oh yeah. My last job had unlimited PTO. So no check, no check. Yeah. With unlimited PTO, man, you, <laughs> it's a tricky thing. Cause it's like, you know, studies have shown that people actually take less time off whenever it's unlimited PTO. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tricky, tricky thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good and bad. I, I mean, 
the only way I knew how much time I took off is if I tracked it myself. Right. So I think I typically did pretty good at taking, taking plenty of time off except in 2020 because I couldn't go anywhere, but we had planned that trip to Amsterdam. So I did just take that week off and did nothing. Nice. But I guess it didn't really feel like a vacation from just sitting around. It's not the same thing. I think there's something to be said for like getting out of your environment, like leaving your space. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was literally just still in my bedroom, like at, yep. at, at my desk in my bedroom a lot of the time. Yeah. I don't think that's a vacation. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious. Have you, have you been watching and or hearing anything about like what all is going on with uh, cryptocurrencies right now? No, I, I don't really understand cryptocurrency in the first place. Like what it even is and why I don't know. Don't know. Well, do you care to know or not? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, cryptocurrency is just, I mean, do you understand what a block blockchain is? Does that concept make sense? In theory, (laughs) I actually, yeah. So I mean, I worked at a blockchain company. But in theory, theory, you know what it is, but not really. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, a blockchain is just essentially like, uh, think of it as like, as if everyone in the world was doing accounting and you had to check with everyone to make sure the numbers were like in check at all times. That's more or less what a blockchain is. It's like, there's like a million people out there doing these calculations all at the same time to make sure the ledger stays exactly as it should be. And so basically you can buy, you know, cryptocurrency from other people and then the ledger updates, you know, to everyone. And it goes, yes, we can do a check to make sure this person that's trying to sell you the cryptocurrency actually owns this cryptocurrency. And then we can do a check to make sure that it's transferred to you and that you now own it. And so that at the end of the day is, is what a blockchain is and how it all works. Yeah. I thought a blockchain was just an immutable record of things kind of one after another. Uh, like, I mean, it's not immutable, like once right? It, once, because... it's on the, once it's on the blockchain, you can't change it, right? Mm, I mean, it, I mean, it can be changed because it, because otherwise transactions wouldn't work. Right. Well, so each individual thing on the blockchain can't be changed. You can add more things to the chain. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, more or less. Yeah. So what's happened recently is, so Bitcoin was at its like all time high. It hit like something crazy, like 60,000 or something per, um, for a single Bitcoin, 60,000 us dollars for a single Bitcoin. Yeah. $60,000 for a single us Bitcoin. Wow. Um, Tesla had started accepting Bitcoin as payment for Tesla's like Tesla vehicles. Okay. And then Elon Musk tweets out he no longer supports Bitcoin because of long-term concerns over the basically like carbon imp- like carbon impact that Bitcoin is having. Because, you know, for Bitcoin to work, you have to have these like servers who are doing complicated math and are thus, you know, generating greenhouse gases, using electricity, mm-hmm. etc. 
Um, and overnight, the price of Bitcoin dropped like 20%. When do, okay, how long between they, they started accepting it and, and this happening? A couple months. Wow, that's a quick... Yeah. Did, um, did he say they, they were they were they're not accepting it anymore? I can't remember if he said that they're still accepting it or not. I don't remember. Um but it's so basically he knew about the environmental impact before they started accepting it. Uh, yeah, I mean I I don't know. It definitely has there, there's definitely been a lot of questions asked. And it's concerning, right? Like one man has that level of power. Like, yeah, that he literally was able to devalue something by 20% overnight. Yeah. Granted, once Tesla started, you know, accepting it, that's whenever this thing went crazy. Like, I want to say near the beginning of the year, it was trading for like 20K for a single Bitcoin. So, it, it I mean, it had like drastically increased in price. Um, you know, to the point to where some of like the bigger financial firms of the world, you know, like JP Morgan and places like that were like, honestly, we think cryptocurrency has a place in the modern portfolio at this point. Like, you know, um, but the problem is still like with with all cryptocurrencies is it's so volatile, like yeah. from day to day, like there can easily be a five to 10 percent swing and it's risky, you know, cause it's like, you don't know, did you buy in too high? Did you sell too low? You know, it's, yeah. it's very difficult to know. What's the, what know, is the value like based on public opinion? That's what the value is based on. Like at the end of the day, the thing, I don't, it's no different how, than any other currency. How do you trade money for Bitcoin or Bitcoin for us dollars? Like how, do, how does yeah, that, the, there's, there's exchanges. Where, where you do that. So the, the biggest one in the U.S. is a company called Coinbase. Um, and basically, they do the transaction for you. Like, you, you know, they connect buyers and sellers, and then they serve as your wallet. So, you know, your wallet that holds the Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you're trying to buy. Um, but there's a handful of them here in the U.S. Um, hmm. But yeah, so then Elon Musk went so far as to say that like, he does support Dogecoin, which is this like was that meme a, coin. Was that a joke? Nope. <laughs> because allegedly they have like less environmental impact or something. And it's like, okay. it's like this like little dog is the symbol <laughs> for yeah. the Dogecoin. I like to pronounce it and, Doggy. And pretty much... That has like the price of that has since skyrocketed since Elon Musk tweeted out that this is the one that he supports. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so it's just this like bizarre alternate reality <laughs> that's going on in the crypto world right now. <laughs> so um yeah, you know, it's it's fun. I, I I go on Coinbase every so often and I check prices and I'm like, huh. Well, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with it, but uh, you know, that's interesting. So. I, I, okay. Hmm. I still don't understand how the conversion happens. Say I give Coinbase $5 for some, for uh -huh. some Bitcoin, right? And then the right. price 
the price of Bitcoin goes up somehow and I want to sell it for more cash. I want to get my cash back. Well, where, mm-hmm. And where does Coinbase get that extra cash from? So, the, I mean, it works literally no different than it does. Well, there is one difference, but that's a different conversation. It works no different than like the New York Stock Exchange does, right? So like, so let's say you say, what? So they would have to find, if I want to cash out, they have to find a buyer? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, but um, there's pretty, it's pretty much instantaneous. Like you say you want to buy, you know, I don't know. Let's like, let's say you want to buy like one tenth of one Bitcoin. Then they go, okay, the current price is $50,000 for, you know, um, one Bitcoin currently. So now at one tenth of one Bitcoin, you owe us $5,000. Then they find somebody out there selling Bitcoin. You've bought the Bitcoin from them or they may already have it on hand because I think they keep like a certain amount in stock, right? So that people can Uh, probably buy and trade easier that way. mm. Um, And then you go to sell it. There's so many people buying and selling all the time that there's just always. Yeah, there's there's always a certain amount that's like in flux, right? And that's how they determine the price anyway, right? Is through these sales. Yeah, I mean, more or less. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's economics, it's supply, demand. Like, how, how much demand is there for this commodity? And then the price will change based on what the demand is. Mm. So, yeah. Which is why crypto, you know, I think has, like, especially with, you know, there's been some some big stuff that's happened with the stock market, right? With GameStop. I mean, I'm sure you heard about that incident a few months back or did you not? Yeah. I think with you, Ro- Robin hood. Yeah. I, th- I think so. We talked about it on here. Yeah. So, you know, the, the problems that the stock exchange has of like, you know, that like delay period and like the holding and all that crypto does not have that same problem. Because the transactions can happen instantaneously. There's no, there's no direct middleman per se or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, and I, I have no clue what's going to happen to crypto long term. You know, everybody thought Bitcoin was dead back like two to three years ago, whenever China banned Bitcoin. Like they said, you know, Chinese citizens are not allowed to own Bitcoin. And everyone's like, okay, crypto's dead. It will never be worth anything anymore. And it's worth 10 times, you know, what it was whenever that happened. Wow. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I have no clue what to think about it long term. Like, what's going to happen with it? Yeah. Yeah. So when I, when I was at that blockchain company, I didn't really learn what a blockchain is. But I did learn what a zero knowledge proof is. And I just thought that was super fascinating because a zero knowledge proof is something that happens a lot in cryptography. And it's basically where I want to prove to you that I know something, but without telling you that thing. Gotcha. So it's like, um, like we're playing where's Waldo. I want to prove Mm -hmm. to you that I found Waldo, but I don't want to give away where Waldo is. Gotcha. And in that, and in that scenario, there's a couple of ways to do it, which are pretty interesting. One is you can take like a giant sheet of paper, like much bigger than the book. It couldn't be the size of the book. And you have a little hole in it 
and then you you the person turns around the other person turns around you place the paper on top of the book where only waldo is showing and then they they turn around and they see okay yeah i see you found waldo but i can't tell where it is on the book oh okay okay or another way to do it is you you take the book you photocopy copy the page and then the person takes the piece the photocopied paper and scissors and they go into another room and they cut out everything except for waldo and they come out with waldo (laughs) okay okay but i also really like the example of say you have a colorblind friend you have a red ball and a blue ball and it looks exactly the same to them but you want to prove to them these are different colors okay so 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 you give your colorblind friend 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 the two balls and they they show you one ball and then they show you a different ball and they say is it is it different did i switch it oh okay like did you switch which hand which ball was in which hand yeah yeah okay they won't know what color they showed you each time but they they know if they showed you a different ball or not right and so if they know they switched the ball and you said yes okay it doesn't necessarily prove that you can see different colors. Maybe you got, maybe you did it, had a lucky guess so they can repeat that as often as necessary until they're convinced that you can tell the difference. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a really interesting world we live in where, you know, cryptocurrency and NFTs and crypto kitties and all that stuff exists. (laughs) So weird. I, yeah, I've heard about NFTs recently. I don't really, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> like, how can it be, how can it be like unique when it's all just digital anyway, and you can make infinite copies for free? Yeah, I think no one understands it ultimately. <laughs> Some people do, unless it's just a big scam or something. Yeah. I, I saw one explanation of it. It was like, an NFT is like saying you own the Mona Lisa, but you can't actually have the Mona Lisa and you have no way of proving that you own the Mona Lisa. And that's an NFT. You have no way of proving? <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought the proof that you owned it. No, 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 no. It's like, because it's, I mean, that that's the thing, right? Is like, ultimately it's like, you don't actually own it per se like it's not actually yours <laughs> and that's what makes nfts so dang confusing uh, well one thing i thought was cool about it is that even if after you bought it if you sell it to someone else the original creator still gets money from that transaction like on and on and on oh like a royalty basically every time it's sold yeah they get a royalty that's wild yeah i don't know very much about nfts but yeah it's a it's a bizarre thing all right i'm gonna hit stop all right